Hello and welcome to Straight From The Table, episode 28. Today I have executive chef at Duke Seafood Restaurants, Chef Bill Raniger, joining me to share his favorite foods and memorable meals with us. Chef Bill and Duke Seafood Restaurants are very popular around Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, and I'm delighted to have him on the show. Thank you for joining me today, Chef Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's uh, it's always first time having a having a chef on the show, so I think this will be really good, a really good episode, and I know you can have some quality, quality food uh, opinions. Well, I sure hope so. I'm going to be out of a job if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first question for you today is a simple one. How old were you when you first knew that you wanted to become a chef? And was that something that inspired you? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I started working in uh, kitchens just to make extra money. I had <laughs> no idea that it was, <clears throat> excuse me, what I wanted to do. Um, so um, I, when I was going to school, I'm Mercer Island High School graduate. Yeah, alumni of Mercer Island. And then I went to uh, Central Washington University. Mm-hmm. And I became an art major. And I thought what I would do is it would uh, teach art. That was my yeah. goal at the time. Um, I was working in uh, in a nice restaurant in downtown Seattle on the waterfront. And um, I just got, got, I was good at it. I kept <laughs> on getting promoted and I loved it. And I was passionate about food. And uh, one day uh, I was going to school in Ellensburg and driving all the yeah. way back to Seattle. Yeah. But um for on the weekends just to work and, mm-hmm. and be with good food yeah and uh, i got promoted to the lead line cook and mm-hmm. then to a, a sous chef and then i realized i was teaching art yeah so i just kept on going i got hooked and i loved it and, and I, I now i've been doing it for 40 years yeah when I, I mean you said you studied college like you went like studied college for art but I think lots of people would argue and also agree when I say that cooking food is like an artwork. Like it is like art creating like that special plate or dish of food that like holds something like everyone would look at it and like appreciate it and it would hold something in like everyone's heart. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, um, I've been you know, when, when you come up and you, and you create this dish and all the components to the dish, the color, the flavor, the sustainability, um, and, it, and it really hits home, it mm-hmm. is like a masterpiece. The yeah, problem exactly. with that is, is it's going to get eaten in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a yeah. fleeting moment. But yeah, absolutely art. And um, I actually taught culinary arts at the Art Institute of Seattle uh, mm-hmm. when it was around and and yeah, it's a passion and it's a beautiful art form. It definitely is. It definitely like for that short five minutes where you're having the food before you destroy the plate. It's definitely it's definitely lightened up your mood and your face for the rest of for that time. Yeah, it's it's amazing when when it, when it all comes together and a, and a plate ends up exactly what you had in your mind and the flavor profiles are, are perfect. It's it's a work of art. It is. Um so you manage eight successful restaurants. Uh, which was the first you opened and how long did it take for you to realize you could expand and open more restaurants? Well, the first Dukes that opened was in 1977, I believe. And I didn't work there at the time. It was mm. on uh, Queen Anne Hill and it's no longer there. 
But uh, we, um, I started at Bellevue Dukes in 1995, and um, it, that particular location is no longer there. So we kind of expanded in the 90s, and we weren't ready for it. Yeah. Um, and, and we opened some locations that weren't in a great spot. So we went from, I think, six back down to two. Yeah. And, and we had Green Lake and, and um, Lake Union. And I was the manager and the chef at Green Lake. And uh, then we opened Alki, um, uh, we, and um, then Kent, uh, Tacoma, South Center, Bellevue, and Lake Union ag again, and now the Dockside. Um, so we, we fine-tuned the concept. We changed the concept. It evolved. We became more sustainable. The food became way better. It used <laughs> to be more of a bar kind of atmosphere, and now it's... It's all about the food, and and uh, so that's kind of when I knew when, when um, when the food became really great, and we became more popular, and we relied on food sales versus alcohol sales. Yeah. So once once people fully appreciated the food, um, that's when you realize this is like there's like an opportunity, and like you realize people are coming here to like because obviously like food and eating is like one of the if not the most important part of a person's day get some food a day keeps their energy up and once you realize you like your food is helping them do that that is definitely a sign saying that we can do more of this and we can like help more people and like make people and make people's day better yeah i completely agree we we hired great people we surrounded ourselves with amazing chefs Mm -hmm. and sous chefs and managers uh, we found great locations that fit our concept uh, we fine-tuned what uh, our identity was what we wanted to be and um, then we fine-tuned a lot of the dishes that have been on the menu for for years that that people uh, know and love yeah um yeah i mean i think the menu and like especially like regular customers will always come back to that menu and like go for that dish like for me I can't really think one off the top of my head but whenever I go to a restaurant and like we've been there before I'd be like oh I know this is really good and this is like I'm gonna get this again because I know it's gonna satisfy me yeah it happens a lot I I always um challenge people I'm like well if you always have the same thing you're never <laughs> gonna find your next favorite thing you know <laughs> but um I, I do the same thing. We're, we're creatures of habit and we find something we love. Why would we? Why, why would we switch we it up? It? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so seafood is an iconic pillar in the Pacific Northwest. So since you are a chef of Duke's seafood, would you say that you love seafood? I love seafood. I've been passionate about it all my life. I was lucky enough to spend some time in the San Juans as a kid growing up. My mm -hmm. parents had a cabin up there, sort of a cabin, um, no running water, electricity or anything like that. And we spent our summers there and we foraged for food. We, we shucked oysters, we dug clams, we went fishing, we filleted the fish and put it in a crab pot, and went crabbing. So I've lived it around it um, all my life and I love it. And, uh, you know, so blessed to live in the Pacific Northwest as a chef, uh, work uh, for a place that buys only sustainable seafood um, mm -hmm. and um, the buy the best of the best and serve the best. And from a chef's point of view, 
um, pretty lucky. Yeah, definitely. So since you do love seafood like that much, I'm going to I'm like that. I would have to think like it contributes to what your menu looks like. So like oh, I take a look at your menu and it's like a lot of seafood. Yeah, and a hundred percent. You know, we only use Washington fresh Dungeness crab. This mm-hmm. is the only crab we use. We we only use co- uh, coho salmon, silver salmon uh, yeah. that is sustainable caught from the best fishermen in the world. We only use halibut um, from Kodiak Island. And we know the fishermen. I've been on the boats. I know where the fish comes from. We yeah. give you that special connection. Um, I know where the, the who the salmon fishers are. I've been to the, you know, out in the crab boats. I, um, so when you have that connection um, to the food, whether you're growing your own tomatoes or or your own herb garden or catching your own salmon that you get to make a special way and put it on a plate, food always tastes better when you know where it comes from. Yeah, it just it just holds that little like like I like I've seen this and like where we've caught like one time I went crabbing with my friends and we brought home a crab and then like. We had to um, brought it home. Uh, we boiled it and then we like killed it because then we have because I'm assuming you would know that the crab has that little nerve on like the underside and you have to use like a sharp table and hit that on it. So we did that and then we cooked the crab and we ate the crab and it definitely like I I don't think I've had crab since, but I could imagine it won't taste like the way that that crab tasted because I caught it and I like cooked it and I was basically with there with it until it was on my plate until it was off my plate yeah it's it's amazing when when you can do that and whether it's just simple drawn butter you have with it or you make a an amazing crab cake or w- whatever you're doing with it um when you know where it comes from it it it, it makes it a personal right yeah yeah um and then my next question for you is, what does your typical day look like as an executive chef? So when I was a chef, you know, I, I was operating one restaurant and my day looked pretty different. I'd, I'd look at all the food, I'd check it in, write the prep list, set the production, make sure my team is in place um, and the, the food was all quality to line checks um, and then orchestrate lunch and dinner service yeah. and try and make every plate 100%. As an executive chef, now I run eight restaurants. I have 23 chefs that I manage. So more, I do the purchasing end of it. I do the recipe end of it. I go to the restaurants and and look at their food with the chefs. Mm -hmm. I talk to them about, um, you know, what's going well with their day and what's not going well with their (laughs) day. Running a restaurant can be a challenge in a lot of ways, especially in the last two years. And um, so... Now there's a lot of communication, a lot of contact with the chefs and, and uh, just making sure we're consistent and we're running well everywhere. Yeah. And everything's just kind of like, you're just kind of like the thing that like keeps it all together and like keeps everything running smoothly and everyone like combined with like working as a whole. Yeah. And I, I'm super lucky. I have amazing chefs and, and three of them I've worked with for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of know what they're doing every day. I'll try yeah. anyway. I can just look at my watch and go, oh yeah, he's cutting salmon now. Or <laughs> you know, he's doing this. Uh, so um, I have an amazing job, but uh, 
yeah, it's evolved. You know, it's changed. The more restaurants you have, the more chefs you have, um, the more that it changes. Yeah. Um, my next question for you is a staple for just like this food show, which is what does your typical day look? Oh, no. Uh, what did you eat for dinner last night? Ah, oh, last night I had I mean, I sauteed a little pancetta with some wild Mexican prawns and some fresh clams that we're buying right now from Penco. Mm -hmm. And I turned it into a little pasta with a little shrimp stock. Wow. And uh, swirled in a little butter, fresh herbs, <laughs> really light, healthy um, dish. It's on our, our special sheet on our um, our menus right now at Duke. So it's something I was um, just playing around with, making sure that it uh, tasted the way that it did. But it's it's one of those things that you get a little bit of fat from the bacon, freshness from the clams and, and prawns. There's a bunch of vegetables in it. Um, a stock, so it's got that rich, really herby, flavorful, um, amazing uh, stock to it. And then we finish it off with a little butter because butter makes everything taste better. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a good uh, restaurant and you know, it's a good meal when some of the stuff, I don't even know what it is. Like I've never even heard of it. And when like you're talking about it, you make it sound so good. Oh, thank you. No, it's, it's easy when, uh, when you're passionate about the food and, when you know the farmers that are growing your food, the fishermen that are catching it, and um, you get a great recipe, and and we make it, and it's like, ah, it's not quite right, it's not quite right, we'll add this and add that, and, and we dial it in, um, take pictures of it. Nowadays, I just take pictures, send the recipe, send it to all the chefs, then I go make sure all the chefs are making it right, and it's and it's amazing when 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 it when it all comes together, and a, and a plate. Um, uh, tastes right and there's the right amount of fat and acid and, and um, flavor and herbs and um, it, it's it's a lot of fun that's why yeah. I do what I do yeah definitely it's just kind of going back to that it's like just an artwork yes yeah um so when you do cook at home versus when you cook in the restaurant what kind of foods are like your go-to and like you prepare the most, or like you'd like to prepare when you're cooking at home? Well, I love to have people over and come over. And I love to go to like Pike Place Market or a, a good, great grocery store and not know what I'm going to cook. <laughs> just look at whatever just looks amazing that day mm -hmm. and go buy the, the most, you know, local, sustainable, organic vegetables and 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 whatever usually seafood it's kind of what i do but yeah. i like a great steak i like yeah you know, there there's I, I eat a lot of vegetables and vegetarian mm -hmm. dishes and so it, it changes all the time i will say and it's kind of funny because uh, people ask me this all the time and they ask my wife this um we've been married we went to Marshall high school mm -hmm. we've known each other forever <laughs> so i've cooked for thousands of times but um they say oh you must eat great every night and Lisa's like, nah, he doesn't cook for me every night because I cook all day long. I, I don't necessarily want to come home and, yeah. and cook more or I'll, I'll work the night shift and I'll get home at 10 at night and everybody's in bed. You know, so I don't um, I don't cook every night. Um, and it's just like a mechanic, you know, coming home yeah. and work on cars all day. You go, oh, your car must be great. And it's like, no, I don't work on my car. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not going to work on this after I've worked on it all day. Yeah. 
But I, I'm, you know, I, like I said, I, I love to just uh, not plan menus and and just go buy whatever looks good in the store. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like you're definitely like being like a chef. I feel like you could like look at like an aisle in the grocery store and go, "Oh, this is going to go really well with this," and like this salmon's going to go well with that. I feel like someone like me, if I went into a store and I like, looked to that same aisle, I'd just be like, I don't know what's going to go with what. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. And, and uh, you just do it. You keep on doing it and some things work and some things won't. And, and I still do that all the time. I think it's really fun. You know, yeah. I see, you know, I don't see a lot of new ingredients that I haven't worked with because I'm lucky enough that I've been doing this for a long time and playing around with a lot of food. But when I do, I, I'll try them and and um, and not making great food sometimes is part of the process to be able to make great food, right? Yeah. Sometimes you, ha- sometimes you just have to take that and go, okay, like, I know I can make this a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my next question for you is something that I'd love to know, which is what are your favorite foods on Duke's seafood menu? Well... I, I think I'll go back and, and say, you know, we, I'm able to, to catch all the halibut. When the, when the halibut comes in the Dukes, it says Dukes halibut on the side of the halibut. And I know the fishermen and I know where it's caught and I know the process and I know how hard it is sometimes to yeah. get it. I've been out there in rough seas fishing <laughs> for that product and, and I, um, or the salmon that we catch or the crab that we catch or the, the prawns that I know the fishermen that own the boats that we support by buying their particular wild Mexican prawns. And it, um, those type of things, again, going back to the crab that, that you caught and ate, you yeah. know, it just makes it more special. So those are probably my favorite things. Um, when people come to the restaurant, um, I recommend the crab and shrimp stuffed halibut. That was mm-hmm. my mom's favorite dish. You know, yeah. so that always will hold a, a sacred place in my heart. Yeah, definitely. You know, so you have those things that you have a, a connection with um, and reasons that you love it. And, you know, it, it's just you find that dish has been on the menu at Duke's ever since I've been there. Well, it's the first thing I put on the menu uh, 27 years ago. And we've wow. sold, I don't know, 100,000 of them, you know. Wow. And people love it. And I love them. For loving it, you know. <laughs> so, um, they, but there's a lot of things on the menu. Our crab cakes are, I, I personally feel like the best uh, around. Yeah, like definitely just two things that are not going to be coming off the menu anytime soon. Um, no. So, to keep it to keep it running with like Duke's menu and your favorite food, what is your all time? You kind of answered that with like the crab cakes are your favorite uh, item. What's your all time favorite appetizer, entree, and dessert from Duke's menu? Well, again, it, it changes all the time. <laughs> you know, it, 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 every week it might be something different, but you know, we're we're famous for our clam chowder. We make it; it's all natural. It's it's very herby and we only use um, IQF clams, individually frozen uh, clams. Mm-hmm. So they're very tender and good. Um, it's our number one selling um, item at, at Duke Seafood is, is clam chowder. So, um, and people say, oh, you've been making it for years and I've made more clam chowder than 99.99% of the people in the world. 
And they said, yeah. oh, you got to be sick of that stuff by now. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I still eat it all the time. Exactly, it's still so, fresh. Yeah, um, appetizers, We crab crab cakes is, a, is, a, is an appetizer I like. We have uh, fresh clams on the menu right now, which I adore. Um, you know, I it, I like them all, and if I didn't, they probably wouldn't be on the menu. But um, <laughs> our coconut prawns are good. We do this thing called the prawns del cabo with mm -hmm. a fresh avocado um, tower on it, and that's really fresh and light and healthy. As far as entrees go, I, I kind of mentioned a couple. Uh, the pesto salmon I love. Um, the stuffed halibut I tell people about all the time. Uh, we buy these uh, scallops. Um, they're called weather vane scallops. Mm -hmm. which just means they're from Alaska and mm -hmm. they're caught by a guy named Jim Stone, Jim and Mona Stone mm -hmm. on the boat that catches, um, it's called the provider is the boat's name and they catch scallops just for us. And they are the best scallops in the world. Yeah. So I love to turn people onto those. Yeah, definitely. As far as desserts go, um, we make a Marionberry pie um, yep. that's made with Washington Marionberries with yeah. a little crumble top. Yeah, so and, you know uh, you know that's good if it's from Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And then and then we top it with uh, Lopez Island ice cream, mm -hmm. which um, is it's really great ice cream. And so I that's a dessert that I usually recommend. And it's plenty big to share with two or three people. And and uh, it's it's its own little pie that you get. Oh, that's yeah, that's nice. I mean, when you if you you say it was like kind of like a berry pie. Yeah. Yeah, so you know if it's going to be like a Washington State berry pie, definitely famous with for some of the berries that we make here. So it's going to be all fresh, all good. And then I don't think I've ever tried that ice cream that you mentioned that you put with it. Yeah, Lopez Island ice creamery. It's pretty small. Um, they don't. You probably they. I think they're in some stores now, but it's not a name brand, so mm -hmm. you, you probably might not have tried it. But we try and partner with local. Uh, people with local businesses mm -hmm. and um, they are that uh, when, when we started using them I think they had three employees and they just do a really good job of of, of making ice cream for us yeah that, I mean it's, it's good that you use like the small um, businesses and then like hopefully with you using those small businesses the people that go to the restaurants would like maybe ask like oh where did you get that ice cream from because it was like so good and then boom you've just got that ice cream like more customers because they love it so much oh yeah we, we love to support those people and promote their businesses and and they do the same for us and you know people ask them where they can get their ice cream and and you know so it goes back and forth and and then you build those relationships they last for years and, and it's good for your community and small businesses out there. We, we, we do it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my next question for you is, you've been a chef for some time now. Um, do you have any funny stories associated with any of the dishes that feature on your menu? Yeah, I, I have a, well, I've, I've been doing this for long enough. I, I have a lot, but um, maybe I'll tell one that, that, um, I tell people when I'm serving them salmon, um, like I said, we, we go up to Alaska. I've been to the Copper River you know, probably a dozen times to watch them processing, um, to, to select the fish, to make sure that we get the best of the best. Um, one time, and this is probably 10 years ago or so, um, and I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4". I weigh 300 pounds. 
Yeah. You know? So I, I don't really like to fly that much uh, <laughs> in small planes, especially. Yeah. But we flew, uh, Duke and I flew from um, Seattle um, up to um, Anchorage in a, in a 737. And then we flew the same day. We got out of that plane and we flew from Anchorage to uh, Cordova, where the mouth of the uh, Copper River is, where we catch our fish. We got in a car and we drove to a, um, a lake and we got on a little tiny float. So the, the planes got from really big to, to medium. Yeah. And now we're on a four-person float plane flying out into the ocean uh, on a pontoon that we took off from the lake. In. So I'm on my third flight of the day. <laughs> And now I'm kind of a little <laughs> bit queasy and, yeah. and tired, you know. But uh, we flew out to the tenor, out onto the ocean, and uh, we tied uh, the the captain and the pilot tied the boat onto the side of the plane, and then they told us to get out and walk on the pontoon to to climb onto the boat and um, and watch so we could see the seafood uh, being brought in and taken care of and, and uh, select the fish that we are going to uh, have. But when he told me that, he said, um, if you fall off the pontoon and you fall into the water, the current will take you and I can't catch you in the boat and oh, wow. we can't catch you on the plane. So um, you'll die. <laughs> is, is what he said. Yeah, basically. So uh, when I, when I serve the salmon to people, I'm like, Hey, I put my life on the line for you guys. <laughs> three flights, three airplanes, and uh, we had a great time. And, and obviously, I I didn't fall. I, I hugged Duke and make him made me him carry me across. But it, it was one of those uh, you know things that you happen and it's like, well, I, I I guess you better like the salmon because if you don't, don't tell me because I almost died for this thing. Exactly, and this this salmon better be worth it because I'm not sure. Like, if you can put a human's life the same price as a salmon. <laughs> no, hopefully not. No, and, and I tell that, to, that story to the chefs, like, you better not overcook that. You, <laughs> you, don't, know, you don't know how hard it was to get. Exactly. You know? Like, this is, this is some high quality. It's, um, it's, da- it's dangerous to get this salmon, so you better not mess up the recipe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So my next question for you is, what is the most popular dish on the menu? Um, well, we serve more clam chowder than, than anything uh, that we serve. Um, we do an amazing job with fish and chips. We, mm. we buy our cod from a boat, the Seattle-based boat called the Blue North is the name of the boat. And they catch all of our cod for us. I've been on the Blue North several times. And uh, they just do an amazing job with fish totally sustainable they keep everything that they catch um and um then they they pack it just for us it has blue and white checks on it and yeah. we make the most amazing fish and chips with that particular blue north cod we we batter them in a, a beer batter made with mac and jacks uh, brewery and then finish them in panko we uh breading and uh, we fry them in gmo free oil yeah. uh, we make our own tartar sauce we use organic lemon juice and we put capers and fresh organic dill. It's not your typical tartar sauce. And that's mm-hmm. our best-selling entree. Um, we sell a lot of salmon, a lot of yeah. halibut. Um, those are probably the most popular dishes yeah. that we have. 
I mean, being being an Englishman, I can I can fully appreciate a good fish and chips. Definitely. <laughs> I bet you can. Yeah, I definitely um definitely have some memories of fish and chips in England, and I'm yet to really find um a place in America that can quite get to that same level. So I might I'm definitely gonna need to try come over to Dukes and try those fish and chips and see uh how close they compare because it sounds like they'll be very 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 close. Yeah, they um, well, you know, and I've been to England and I ate a lot of fish and chips when I've been there. I've been there a couple times and and there's something about those fish and chip stands when you're out there on the water and you smell in the salt water. Oh, and, oh it's the best. I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know, but uh, that that's a unique, uh, beautiful experience in itself. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, there's there's not much quite like it. That like insanely strong scent of vinegar of like the stand and like the chips and like the newspaper with the salt and vinegar and you like oh there's just there is nothing quite like it i completely agree i uh so they're my fondest memories and you know i, I went to uh, most of the tourist attractions and and things like that when i when i was in england and london and and Lowestoft and and some of the places and and the thing that i probably remember most is the fish and chips <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's just like it's it's honestly like the smell because it's so powerful as well. Like if you imagine it right now, like I can kind of imagine what it's smelling like right now just from past experiences. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing how, you know, we, we can smell and it's funny, you know, because we have eight different locations and three of them are on saltwater and the three that are on saltwater just, I think when people walk into the building, they, they think about fish and chips. They think yeah. about, you know, things that come from the ocean, crab and crab cakes. And, and the menu mix is different than like the ones that we have, the, like the ones that in Lincoln Center too in Bellevue. It's, it's in a skyscraper. And, and the menu mix is different. People order things and, and I think they do it for exactly what you're talking about. They, people remember the smell, the flavor, the, mm-hmm. how they the feel when they're getting yeah. it. Yeah. It's all, it's definitely... Like that's such a driving power to go back to um like different restaurants because you know you're just gonna get that experience and you just want to relive it again. Um, yeah. uh, my ne- and then have you? My next question is: Have you ever taken a dish off the menu, but then you had to put it back on due to multiple like customer demands saying that like they miss it? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, one of the um challenges that an executive chef has that I have because I write the menus and I and I take things off and I put things on and and you can only have so many things on a menu and execute them well you can't just keep on making the menu bigger and bigger and bigger and and we we come up with great new dishes like this you know clam and prawn uh, pancetta pasta dish that's on the menu you know I love it and I want to put it on the core menu but in order for me to do that I have to figure out what menu item I'm going to take off. Yeah. And inevitably, that menu item is somebody's favorite. Yeah. If somebody loves it and um, I'll take it off. And yes, I get a whole bunch of emails like, how could you do that? What were you thinking? I can't believe you did that to me. And it's personal. Yeah. They, they literally will say, I can't believe you did that to me. And I'm like, well, I really wasn't going out to harm you. It, yeah. you know, it didn't sell well or executing or it's hard to get or whatever. There's always reasons for, for why I do the things I do. But yes, 
um, sometimes um, the feedback is and the the kickback is too much, and they end up yeah. right back on the menu. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like like we mentioned earlier, like humans are just like once they try, like they probably had that dish when they first went there, and they were like, "This is so good," and they probably had it every single time they went back. And like like I said, humans are like just very once they like something or they see something that they like, they just want to keep doing it because they know it's going to be good. So that probably happened to them. And they were like, like, what's happened to my favorite dish? Like, this is the dish that makes me come back to Duke. So we're going to need to get this back. That's absolutely what happens. And then, um, you know, they'll tell the server and the manager will come over and the manager calls me and goes, well, Bob comes here all the time and Bob always had this and now Bob can't have it. What are you going to do about it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You, you gotta, but we make, you know, some of the menu items we still can make, we have all the ingredients for and, and guests come in and, and they'll say, hey, I'll, the killer prawns that we used to have on the menu, they're pretty popular. We have all the stuff to make them and guests will come in and say, God, I wish you still had that, you know, and um, we make it for them. And then they do feel really special. And then they go, oh, yeah, they don't have it on the menu, but they make it for me. You know, <laughs> you know, so That's fun to do, too. Yeah. Um, and then my uh, next question is, are you always looking for new dishes for your menu? And uh, which chefs inspire you to try new ideas? Uh, that, another great question. <clears throat> in Seattle, we have such, I mean, we have amazing chefs in Seattle. We have amazing food. We have access to a lot of sustainable, um, great food. Um, Renee Erickson is probably one of the chefs that I, I go to her restaurants quite a bit and I'm a big fan of hers. And, but, you know, I, I go to a lot of the um, restaurants around town and, and, you know, being a chef, you're always critiquing everything in the restaurant. And my poor wife is like, Oh God, what's going on in your head right now? And it's like, well, did you see the host not look at me in the eye? And, you know, it's like, you know, so you're always evaluating and growing, but, you know, like I say, they, there's amazing chefs in Seattle that, that make amazing food. I think the thing that inspires me the most is like the scallops, you know, the weather vane scallops. And only we buy these from um, from Jim and, and his wife, Mona. And the weather vane scallops are great. So I want to create ways to keep them on the menu and, and to make them special and to make them the best um, scallop dish that anybody can have so you know inspired by ingredients inspired by you know um like with the local dungeness crab fishery opened a month ago and we ran a bunch of crab specials um what's best this time of year especially in the summer when uh, the local farmers that we work with will say hey bill i got these amazing blackberries or this amazing <laughs> bib lettuce or whatever you got to do something with these tomatoes yeah. And um, so they'll send them to me in and I'll just sit around with a bunch of other foodies and chefs and, and try and make them taste amazing. And so that's probably the most inspiration that I can get. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely seasonal hundred percent. And then once again, you're using those local um, using those local like farmers and people to help expand their business. And I'm, and I'm like hundred percent sure it makes your business way better as well. Cause everyone's like, where did you get these berries from or where did you get these scallops from? Like, it's just, it's just like always like looping back and like realizing you're helping them as much as they're helping you. 
yeah, having great partnerships and and like you say, they send me their most amazing produce because they they know I'll care for it and take care of it and and I'll promote them. I'll put it on the I'll write their names on the menu. They'll they they might get more business or or people appreciating uh, their farms and what they do. And uh, yeah, it's kind of full circle that you can uh, help each other out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then my final question for you is uh like i mean you kind of like you kind of already uh explained it but like inspiring to like certain dishes like is there like like you like you like to mention the crab cakes a lot but are there like is there like another like dish that you would almost like refuse like so when you're thinking about taking off uh, a menu item to replace it with another are there any food items which like you just don't even think about taking off? Yeah, there are. There's, you know, our, our seafood chop chop salad, which is made with weather vane scallops and, and wild Mexican prawns is our number one selling item. So I know that people would, or our number one selling salad. Um, I know that people would be the most upset if I took that particular salad off. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. there's no way it's coming off. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the stuffed halibut, the crab cakes, the pesto salmon, uh, the pan-seared um, salmon comes on and off. Um, you know, there's certain things um, that, yeah, they're sacred and they're sacred to our guests and uh, to me. And yeah, there's no way they're coming off. There's things that um, I, I, I'm able to do a lot of uh, work with charities and events to raise money um, for different organizations. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Northwest Harvest, uh, Fair Start, um, there are just a few that we've done recently and the menu items that I've made there um, and there's several, you know, dozens of them and um, they hold a, a special place in my heart. And um, so I love being able to do that. Um, and then the sustainability part, um, Duke's only buys hundred percent sustainable items. And so those things that we find, those ingredients, um, that are are that we buy that that are close to us that that we have a connection with they're never coming off the menu yeah definitely i mean they're just like they're just a staple of jukes and you just can't really take away something that kind of has been with you the entire time and like makes jukes what is jukes um that's that's absolutely right And, and it's what we're passionate about we have a um duke's sustainable salmon fund we're we're helping um, we got plant trees next to rivers to, to every year we bring a group or anybody who wants to come out um, and just to, to um, um, make the rivers more salmon friendly. Um, we do all these things to not only serve great food, but to preserve great food. And, and that's, you know, when you can do that and serve great, you know, food that makes people happy, that gets families together and, and that's healthy um that's that that's kind of what the whole deal is yeah it's just it's all it's all for that community that you create in uh in that restaurant yeah um but that is all the questions i have for you chef bill it's been so great to have you on the show so thank you for sharing your time and food choices with me today on the 28th episode of straight from the table well love straight from the table love that you're doing that thank you for having me and uh looking forward to uh 
to uh, seeing you at this restaurant, seeing see, seeing how much you like those fish and chips. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely going to need to take a try those fish and chips, and hopefully, I uh, see you there to give compliments to the chef. Yeah, ask for me anytime. I'm I'm around. Definitely, hundred percent. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening and tuning into 88.9 The Bridge, KMIH, Mercer Island.